What is up, Blue Grit Nation? Thank you for tuning back in. This is your host, Eric. I appreciate, I just got to say, I feel like every episode, I got to say I appreciate the likes, the shares, whether it's on social media, um, directly on the podcast, every subscription, every download, um, getting your friends and family exposure to this, um, the episodes that might help them or might directly apply to them. It's all extremely helpful in trying to spread this message and get the content out to more people in hopes that it helps more people. Um, That's truly the reason why I'm doing this. So without further ado, I want to explain what this um, intentionally shorter episode is about, and that is about therapy. So talking about therapy, um, it's a big topic. And I found that when I was trying to uh, work on that episode, say that episode, it's an episode that's in progress. Um, I keep going back to the drawing board on it. Um, There's just a lot of ground to cover, a lot of ways to talk about it. And in hopes to, you know, make it as beneficial as possible, it's, you know, it's caused me some, some moments to pause and step back. I'm also, when reflecting on my own experience with therapy, it's, uh, you know, even just talking about some things, it's made me a bit emotional when I was recording and and saying things out loud, you know, in my mind, it's like totally cool. And then maybe even talking to some buddies, um, totally cool. But then when I say certain things out loud, when I say certain phrases or recount certain things, um, and then it's on a recording and I hear my own voice saying it, um, kind of echoing in my head. And then maybe because I'm, you know, slightly thinking about what this sounds like to different people or, in hopes that people are receiving it the best way or, you know, speaking my own experience, hoping that other people aren't, aren't thinking that there's judgment, you know, in me, in me explaining it a certain way. Um, you know, I try, I try to be sensitive to those things and it's caused me to recognize, um, it is something that I need to take more time on, but, uh, the enemy of, of progress might be perfection. And that's a theme that I have lately. So, uh, rather than work several days, several weeks, you know, kind of like bits and pieces, a half hour, an hour here and there, um, trying to draft this thing out, I just wanted to get something out and the conversation going. So you can consider this maybe an introduction, uh, maybe a teaser, um, but I just want to lead by example, um, as as I recently heard in a, in a presentation, and just to say that, hey, I don't know if I've publicly said um, on one of my podcasts, I may have, but I have used therapy and I'm a huge proponent. And just like a lot of other modalities that support mental health and mental health uh, recovery, uh, aid, support, whatever you call it, um, I think it is a very instrumental tool, a very, a very useful resource when considering it in your, in your whole bag of tricks. Um, you, you all have heard me talk about just social support, your friends, your family, um, your faith, whether that's an organization or just how you connect with you know, higher power, the universe. Like These things are all intertwined. right? We could put them in little different boxes like social health or mental health or spiritual health. Um, but as I talk about prior, either in writing or, or an interview, this is all intertwined. Um, I'm a huge fan of peer support. You all know that I've been very involved with peer support for the majority of my career. And so just by promoting one thing doesn't mean I'm trying to diminish another. I think they're all important. 
And I have also said, um, whether in meetings or, you know, peer to peer, Hey, like everyone's got their thing for some people. It might be talking through peer support for some people. It might not be talking to anyone they know at work. It might be utilizing anonymous peer support. And if you're in the Washington area in the Northwest code for Northwest is a good way to do that. Um, not only can they hook you up with resources like mental health professionals, like a crisis hotline, it can certainly be treated like a crisis hotline. Um, but it's also just a way that you can utilize, quote, peer support with anonymity, right? So I could talk to, um, you know, a member of my own department peer support and expect that confidentiality and trust. Uh, but I could also recognize maybe I feel a little bit more comfortable just being, you know, a guy on the phone calling a guy or gal on the other line. And we don't exchange names. I mean, I probably get their name, but I don't need to exchange my name. They don't have to see my face. I can just talk loosely about the situations that I'm thinking about or the calls I'm thinking about, um, you know, without judgment. And we can all do our best to reserve judgment when we're being in that role. But, but that might make me feel better as just an individual to talk to an anonymous person. And so that leads me into one of the reasons why I want to suggest and promote and invite you to consider therapy is if you find a good practitioner you're going to have that bias removed. You're going to have that judgment and that, that prior context removed. And what do I mean by that? Really what I mean is that I can talk about uh, first responder stuff. I can talk about police calls, dynamics, you know, family, and all the challenges that come with that in my life and that being a large part of my life. But when I talk about it with my friends um, or peer support in my department or in my industry, there is a preconceived notion, right? There is a level of understanding which can be really helpful, but there can also be a level of um, understanding which can prevent me from being as objective as possible. Uh, it could prevent me from being challenged in the ways that um, that a, a professional might challenge me in the good ways, right? Uh, we should all be challenged, and without challenge, we can't find growth. And so that's one thing I want to put out there. Um, just consider it in your bag of tricks and therapy is more accessible. It's more um, convenient than ever, right? There's been a lot of practitioners that use remote um, counseling services. You know, you're basically on like a Zoom video chat if you want. Uh, personally, I kind of prefer it. You, you avoid a lot of drive time. Availability is much higher. There may be a lot more cl clinicians that are receiving new clients in that regard. Uh, but, but yeah, and it also makes it less committal, especially if you're new to this, especially if you're trying to find a therapist. Um, I don't know how many people I've talked to through the years, therapy for either counsel, uh, couples counseling or individual work stuff or just life stuff. Uh, cause it's not just work stuff. Um, oftentimes it's, it's compounding, uh, the work with day-to-day -day life. It's almost like it'd be easy if you were just a first responder and you didn't have quote-unquote normal life to deal with. Um, normal stressors, bills got to get paid, uh, there's a leak in the roof, uh, family dynamics, uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, but it's, I don't know how many times I've heard someone say, yeah, I tried counseling, not for me. And when challenged... Um, 
or when they open up the conversation, oftentimes you find, or I've found, that it has been one counselor or one therapist, and they wrote them off. I could totally see how this happens. So again, no judgment. But I want to challenge and I want to invite people to consider an alternative, get a second opinion. The example that I like is if you went to your doc, your family doc, and you just wanted to get a routine checkup, and the doctor said not only um, all this bad news, but in a terrible tone, right? Like, you know, kind of scoffed at you, rolled their eyes, and like, man, I don't... I don't know what you're doing right. Um, I'm looking at the labs. I'm looking at blood work. I'm just looking at you. I'm looking at your face. (laughs) I don't like anything I see. Uh, You're a garbage mess. You're a ticking time bomb. Uh, Yeah, death is death is soon to be upon you. And I, I don't even know what I'd tell you to do. Like uh, you could do huge lifestyle changes. You probably won't do them. Um, But if you did, I don't know if it would make a difference. I mean. Outside of uh, wanting to punch that doc in the face, what would you be led to do? And I hope and I believe that you would not say you'd write off all doctors forever and you would just take your chances going about your life day by day, you know, just uh, I'll, I'll make my own luck. I'll see what happens. No, I, I hope and I believe that you would entertain talking to someone else you would get a second opinion and you all know either yourself or someone close to you that did get a second opinion uh, upon receiving a certain prognosis or diagnosis especially when it's more significant right especially when it's like hey you need surgery and maybe that next doc or the third one you know two out of three will say hey if you don't want surgery let's try this or that first Um, And so that's just taking responsibility and keeping your options open, keeping an open mind that allows you to do that. And I would say mental health is no different. Um, It might be even arguably more significant in that way that you get additional opinions because there are so many different styles of therapy. There's so many schools of thought and modalities and we are people. Uh, you just think about your life as you've navigated it thus far. And there's a lot of people that you really gel with just right from the get-go. You know, that moment where you meet someone and you're like, did we just become best friends? Um, and then there's the opposite where you don't like someone's face. And as soon as they talk, you're like, yep, I knew it. Uh, there's a reason for this. And, the, you know, no matter how hard you try, maybe it's someone you work with, you cannot gel with this person. Um, even when you, you know, you, you hoosaw and you center yourself, it's just not a thing. So relate that to uh, picking a clinician, a therapist or a counselor where to get any progress, you have to trust them and you have to open yourself up. Um, and it takes time, right? It's a good, a good clinician will not push you, will not force you, will not uh, rush you. But just the notion of feeling comfortable with them is huge. And so, you know, I, I'll relate it to me. Um, my first interaction with a therapist was when I was getting hired as a police officer. It's required you talk to someone. And this guy was a total crackpot. And I knew it at the time, but I was like, okay, like just I'll, I'll go along with what he's saying and I'll have the conversation. But then afterwards, I was like, man, I don't know if, is he really that much of a space cadet or... 
or is he just trying to say these crazy outlandish things just to see how I react, um, to see if I agree with him or if I fight him on things so that he can, you know, try to assess whether I'm, you know, whether I'm abrasive or whether I'm a sociopath or whatever the things are. I was like, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, of course I passed. Um, and after interacting with him, um, again, after my officer involved shooting, um, I had, I had no confidence in the man. Um, I'd already been really involved in peer support and very much a supporter of the concept of mental health, um, clinicians and mental health professionals. But with him, I was like, man, like, I feel pretty good, um, especially because I'm, you know, I'm high on life and I'm, I'm very much excited to get back in this job and get back in the saddle. But I don't think that that guy would have caught me if I was in a bad place, in a, you know, in a kind of dismal spiraling place where I was not fit to come back to work. I don't think he would have any idea um, or any legitimate assessment thereof. So um, not to sidetrack too much, but you know, I related to my chaplain and then up the chain and, and they were able to find another clinician, right. For the betterment and the benefit of other officers. And, uh, and I will say that wasn't just my, my thing, you know, I, I reached out to some others that shared that sentiment. And so I was able to check my bias and recognize like, Hey, this is a, this is a group thing. Um, this is a pattern that we're seeing. And so that was my first reaction, right. Or my first interaction, um, with, any professional. So just dialing in with that example, um, you could see how someone may, if they made the assumption, if they weren't open to the possibilities, would just kind of write off at all head shrinks, quote unquote head shrinks, um, as such. Right? So hope no one took offense to that. You MHPs out there, your counselors, um, the whole episode is me saying I'm a fan. So hopefully that's understood. Um, and then years later, uh, I, you know, I really didn't entertain going to a therapist at all until strong, strong suggestions by some of my friends. Um, and this was all following, um, the death of our friend, Diego Moreno, um, who was killed in the line of duty. And again, I was a huge fan of the idea, a huge fan of the, the practice, but for whatever reason, I would, you know, I would just kind of relate it to be like, no, I'm, I'm cool talking about my feelings. I just don't, you know, I just don't need it. Um, not to say I'm above talking about myself, like my stuff's out there. You know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it with my friends and family, um, colleagues. Uh, but I just, you know, for whatever reason, I just kind of pushed it back. And maybe I just thought, hey, like that, those people, um, they need to be available for people that really need it, for people that are, are having a really hard time. Um, you know, but one of my best friends was killed. And so how is that not a hard time? But what really helped me recognize that was another one of my best friends saying, Hey, I've gone to talk to this therapist. It's been great. And I hear what you're talking about. And I hear in the conversations we have, and I kind of feel like we're, we're repeating some things. Just try it. Like, I think it would be really helpful for you. And then that shifted into, I think you really need it, man. And that's the, that was the insight I needed. That was the push I needed. Um, I guess the reality that I needed to face, um, where that's what got me outside of my comfort zone, uh, enough to say, yeah, I'm going to try it. And it was good. You know, I talked to this therapist a handful of times, uh, over the next couple months, 
definitely uh, shifted my perspective and processed a lot of things. Um, a little bit of EMDR, and maybe we'll talk about that in another go, but you can Google it, and it's really fascinating um, modality. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, I kind of spaced them out more, right? I'd go a couple times a month, and then a couple times a year, and then I just kind of felt good, and life got busy in a different way, and you know, I kind of just uh, put a cork in it, um, and I was good, you know, until a few years later, like, I just found myself as a, I felt like a, you know, I was burning out, you know, a lot of work, uh, you know, new, young, I say young father, no, I was not young, but I was a, a new dad, right, so I was new in the dad life, and I felt pretty overwhelmed again, and so, you know, I hit her up again, and so that was, uh, that was helpful for a few sessions, and I kind of processed some stuff, and and so, you know, I was able to put, put that back on the shelf. Um, so the reason why I explain that is because I think it's helpful for people to know that it's not just something that you have to do forever um, or with such high frequency. Now, I do know a lot of people that go frequently and they've been going frequently for a long time. And when I say that, maybe like once a week or once every other week for, for months, for years, and they're great with it, right? It's just part of their habit. It's part of their routine now. Um, But look at it like going to the gym, right? It sounds like a giant thing to bite off, but once you get to the point where you're taking care of yourself um, with some frequency and some volume, then it does get easier, right? Um, It just becomes part of your lifestyle on one end. Or like me, maybe I I basically realized I was way out of shape. Um, And so I hired a trainer just for a little bit, right? And then I was able to do a lot of the things, um, self-care, self-recognition, you know, self-work, I guess to call it that way. Um, I was able to do that on my own for quite a bit um, until things got more significantly stressful, um, until I I realized I needed that check-in again. um, And then I set that up. So hire the personal trainer, right? And then, you know, get through a couple reset workouts, you know, a couple sessions, accountability, and then over the next few months or a couple of years, you know, I, I can work out on my own, right? I can stay active and, and utilize the healthy habits and lessons that we talked about and kind of set it off like that. So hopefully that metaphor, that comparison is helpful for you. Um, again, to reiterate, I want to illustrate that so for some people it doesn't feel like this, this giant uh, obligation if you bite off that you can't maintain no it's not like that on one hand you might recognize after your sessions are like you feel this giant weight lifted and you feel this sincere appreciation uh you know maybe for your session maybe for your practitioner maybe for life um so what do you have to lose and really at the end of the day i think with the proper mindset you have potentially time to lose but then you can just quit and find a different practitioner like we talked about earlier in this session um, and recognize all that time saved by not dabbling with the same uh, counselor who you weren't connecting with so I'll end it with this and that is um, feedback that I got from a counselor I heard speak recently but the easiest way to find a practitioner that's available taking on clients and get a sense of them uh, to include you know, what they're about, like their little, you know, their little uh, self-written blurb and what insurance they take, right? How they take payment, because that's a big deal. 
is just to go to psychologytoday.com. Again, that's psychologytoday.com. You can enter your area. If you're remote, it might not be uh, as big of a deal, um, but you can, you can feel that out, right? You can see who's visiting in person, who's taking on new clients. You can check different boxes for what you're looking for. Um, and I recently utilized this, right? I just wanted to find a practitioner that, um, you know, honestly, I wanted to find a practitioner that I felt like I could relate to on several levels and dimensions. So I was excited to find, um, you know, a dude who was a family man, um, you know, looking at the pictures, I wanted to find someone that was, you know, close to or in my generation, you know, to understand some of the the carryover of um, gen- generational insight or stage in life. And that's just something that was important to me, right? And I was also checking boxes like, you know, trauma trained um, and career, you know, career was one thing that, you know, as if people, if practitioners identify that they um, can speak to that and they have training in that, then that was something that I was just intrigued in, right? Because it's such a big part of my life. So, um, so yeah, psychologytoday.com. You can assess and kind of read about, feel out different practitioners. You can send them, shoot them a line, a message. They can get back to you. And from my experience, a lot of them can set up a time to talk. So through that conversation, you can get a sense of, Hey, is this, is this the type of person I'm looking for? Um, is this a good fit? And so that's, uh, that's huge, right? Finding that fit, not writing off the whole profession or the whole practice because of a bad situation. I mean, that's what we, that's what we want to avoid for all professions, right? Cough, cough, police, right? So keep an open mind. I hope this was helpful. If you have any feedback, insight, please drop me a line. Send me a message on Blue Grit Wellness on Instagram or shoot me a line at bluegritwellness at gmail.com. Without further ado, thanks for listening. Take care, guys.